What's going on? Happy Monday. It's December 6th. Welcome to the show. Pete Callender here. 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Email is Pete at the Pete Callender Show. Dot com also on the Twitter uh, the Twitter machine at Pete Callender and uh, by the way on this day in 1865 the 13th Amendment was ratified abolishing slavery in the United States so uh, that occurred also I know a lot of people are you know commemorating the life and service of Bob Dole rest in peace uh, former fraternity brother of mine as a matter of fact but um, Also, the final member of uh, Easy Company, the 506th Parachute Infantry Regiment, 101st Airborne Division, Edward Shames, passed away at the age of 99. His obituary reads in part, quote, Ed was involved in some of the most important battles of the war. He made his first combat jump into Normandy on D-Day as part of Operation Overlord. He volunteered for Operation Pegasus and then fought with Easy Company in Operation Market Garden and the Battle of the Bulge. Ed gained a reputation as a stubborn and very outspoken soldier who demanded the highest of standards from himself and his fellow soldiers. He not only earned the respect of his men, but was recognized by command for outstanding leadership And on June 13th, 1944, he received a battlefield commission to second lieutenant. This made him the first non-commissioned officer in the 3rd Battalion to receive a commission in Normandy. In Germany, he was the first member of the 101st to enter Dachau concentration camp just days after its liberation. When Germany surrendered, Ed and his men of Easy Company entered Hitler's Eagle's Nest, where Ed managed to acquire a few bottles of cognac, a label indicating Uh, that they were, quote, for the Fuhrer's use only. Later, he would use the cognac to toast his oldest son's bar mitzvah. And, um, yeah, the final living member of the band of Brother Easy Company 506th has left us. He died peacefully at home. Uh, That is the official tweet from the Airborne Corps, 18 Airborne, and... To, to do Colonel Edward Shames, the uh, final living officer of Easy Company, passed away peacefully at home uh, at the age of 99. And this was a piece written by David Hookstead at the Daily Caller. <clears throat> and he says, I hope everybody reading this realizes how lucky we are that guys like this and the other men in Easy Company existed at all. When the world cried out for help to defeat the Nazis in, uh, in Europe, young men carried M1s and Thompson submachine guns to save complete strangers and free an entire continent. And so, yeah, we are, oh, well, I will speak for myself. I am grateful that these men existed. I'm grateful that they still do. And uh, I'm, I try to be optimistic that they, uh, they are still a critical mass of us So, um, as a society. All right, uh, what else we got going on? Breaking news. This actually has come down out of Raleigh. Hold up, everybody. If you were looking to go file for public office, you might not be able to when you show up. The North Carolina Court of Appeals, just minute, literally minutes before noon, when the filing was supposed to start for the candidates' offices, or for elected offices for the candidates, the North Carolina Court of Appeals, controlled by Democrats, halted 
filing for all U.S. House races, state Senate races, and state House districts, um, according to a spokesman for the State Elections Board. As I understand it, these are the districts that are being challenged in court. Yeah, yeah. Um, for the uh, based on the redistricting and the uh, accusations of gerrymandering. Um, so those have all put on been put on hold. Um, also, the outfit and lawyer Mark Elias, he of the Russia Gate collusion hoax, um, he has been and and he who has been suing North Carolina for the better part of the last uh, five years, six years or so, trying to make sure the Democrats win. Um, he is not actually. Uh, on the ground in Maryland or New Mexico, as I understand it, not defending democracy in either of those two states, like he totally defends democracy in North Carolina all the time, not in Maryland, not in Mexico, which, according to Dave Wasserman, uh, who is the redistricting guy, um, well, I mean, it's his Twitter handle, at redistrict. Uh, He says, we're about to find out how aggressive Democrats in Annapolis the capital of Maryland and Albuquerque, New Mexico are willing to be. So how aggressive Democrats in these two States are willing to be to purge the last remaining GOP federal office holders in each state. So they're going for a complete shutout in those two States. They don't even want a, I mean, think about that. If you're a Republican living in New Mexico or Maryland, you're living in either of those two states. The Democrats position is you don't deserve any representation at the federal level that might be sort of in line with your political philosophy. You deserve no limited government represent uh, representative. None. That's it. And that's a fair map to Democrats, which is why, by the way, everything that they say in North Carolina about fair maps and gerrymandering and redistricting. I don't believe you. I don't believe you. I try to give people the benefit of the doubt. And I, but look, I, I was disabused of this, a, you know, over a decade ago. I used to interview Republicans when they were in the minority and they were always about the redistricting and impartial redistricting commissions and trying to get, uh, you know, trying to get Democrats on board with this. And Democrats refused to get on board with these ideas. And then Democrats lost. And then Democrats started making those arguments and Republicans flipped as well. So this is why I don't believe anybody on the redistricting stuff. It's just it's just politics. So, no, I don't believe you, Democrats, when you're like, we want fair maps. A fair map to Democrats like Mark Elias are, are maps that Democrats can win. That's it. They're maps that Democrats can win and then hopefully retake a majority so they can draw maps that put them in control in perpetuity. And if you need any evidence of that, well, there's plenty of states to look at. The most uh, current examples, New Mexico and now Maryland. 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. at Bank of America Stadium. I'll be down there for a little while in the afternoon or evening, I guess. Um, Hancock's Bikes for Kids going on all day, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. tomorrow. Bring down a bicycle, a new bike. Hopefully you can still find one uh, on the uh, the shelves, or I guess maybe on the floor under the shelves. I guess they put them on a shelf. It's a very low shelf right there, right up off the floor. Anyway, uh, find a new bike, and um, as I mentioned last week, uh, we do not count on John Hancock to assemble the bicycles. He can't. So 
I mean, I'm sure he could, given the time, you know, if he's given enough time and the tools and enough directions and stuff. But, I mean, he, he doesn't want to have to be doing all of that, you know. He's a busy guy in his retirement. So, help us out with a bike. Bring it on down. And uh, you can get details at WBT.com. This will be, what, 29 years. All right. So, we started to get into this on Friday. And uh, we kind of got derailed by uh, caller Fred uh, at the end of the program. But, oh, and by the way, see that? I was right. My optimism. I was, I was correct. The Panthers did not lose this weekend. <laughs> One of their coaches did, but the Panthers did not. Although I guess you could say that the Panthers did lose a coach. But that's not what I meant when I said that they're not going to lose this weekend. I was talking about a game. They were not going to lose a game this past weekend, and they didn't. See that? I'm I'm trying to be positive. I'm just trying it out for now. I'm just trying it out for now um, because, like, New Year, uh, uh, New Year's Eve is coming. You, you know, I got to have a resolution. I haven't had a resolution. I went and lost a whole bunch of weight ahead of time. Like, I kind of got ahead of myself there. I mean, I guess I can throw on there, like, say, okay, and, you know, finish, you know, hit my goal weight. I can keep doing that with uh, PhD weight loss and nutrition. But, um, no, I think I can throw this in there. Be more positive for Fred. That'll be my New Year's resolution. So uh, I mentioned on Friday this quote that the superintendent of Charlotte Mecklenburg Schools, Ernest Winston, gave to WBT's Brett Jensen a couple of uh, days back. And uh, Jensen was asking him about all of the crime, which, by the way, there's uh, it's a day that ends in Y, and so there are you know more reports of uh, violence or weapons or threats of violence. Uh, this one, where's, where was this? AG Middle, is that where it was? Alexander Graham, right? I think it was. Um, and there was a you know perceived threat or something and the communicated threat, or there was like somebody who wrote a Snapchat message, and so they were like, we got cops on scene and all this. And a couple of days back when Jensen asked uh, Winston about the violence and the weapons on campus, Winston said, quote, we've had students who have spent nearly 18 months in nearly an all virtual environment. And what we're seeing now are largely the results of that. Now, just to be clear, I'm no expert, Fred. Okay. I'll, all right. We'll take Fred off the cross here. All right. Um, but I'm no expert on this, but it sounds to me, just listening to the, I can only assume, PR-crafted sentence that the superintendent is offering as, a, as an explanation here or as a response, at the very least, to concerns about violence, is that we've had students who spent 18 months in an all-virtual environment, and we're seeing now largely uh, the results of that. So this, to me, so he is making an argument that the lockdowns and the closing of the schools has resulted in more violence and weaponry on campus, which to me, that sounds like a good follow-up question for some of the people that implemented these policies, the lockdowns and the all virtual for a year and a half, right? Shouldn't, shouldn't they be asked about, Hey, superintendent Ernest Winston says that the reason why, that the kids are whipping up on each other in the hallways and why, you know, guns are falling out of waistbands all over the hallways and such. Um, the reason for that is because you guys locked down the schools, school board members. 
or you guys lock down the government. You guys lock down K-12 education, Governor Cooper, or what, county commissioners, or Charlotte Mayor. Like, who all made these decisions to lock everything down? And I know, like, during the early days, Governor Cooper was the one that, you know, took lead on this because nobody else wanted to. And then later on, people, you know, other local jurisdictions, you know, they jumped on board, too. So I, I understand there were a bunch of different governmental um, entities that were making different decisions at different points. But for those who had active edicts that created these circumstances, this should be the natural first question everybody should be asking of them. Did you get it wrong? And do you agree with the superintendent? Because, and I'm not asking that as a gotcha. Here's the reason why this matters. Because with the, uh, uh, the Omicron... scary the omicron virus uh variant rather the omicron variant which seems to be more transmissible than right okay so it's more transmissible but not as deadly but more transmissible not as deadly so and oh by the way it's also being spread by the vaccinated which means We all need to get more vaccines. Exactly. So (laughs) the reason why you ask these questions of the superintendent and then of the uh, other elected officials who made the decisions to shut down the schools is so it doesn't happen again. Right. That's the whole point. We have to acknowledge. I keep coming back to this. I sound like a broken record. I know. We are either practicing battlefield medicine or we are not. And one of the things here is that when you realize something isn't working, you need to abandon it and go to something that is working. And if the lockdowns did not work to contain the spread, which I would submit they did not, considering so many people were deemed to be essential workers, right? And honestly, we have flattened the curve. We did that in the first what was it, 15 days, right? To flatten the curve. And now it's been 15 months plus, right? So at some point, the people who made those decisions need to take stock of what decisions worked and which ones didn't. And if it didn't work or the juice isn't worth the squeeze, in other words, the, the cons outweigh the pros, they need to say that so as to tell everybody now, look, we're not going to lock down schools again. This stuff is going to stop. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Got the email here from CMS. Alexander Graham Middle School is very serious about the safety of our students and staff. I received reports this evening about a snapshot of a gun being shared by students on social media. The picture also included a caption with words that told students to stay at home on Monday if they wanted to be safe. This is the message that went out to all of the parents um, from the principal, I believe. And yeah, this is what went out to the principal, uh, or uh, sorry, to the parents uh, at AG Middle. 
And uh, I am told the picture originated on Snapchat, the social media app. CMS Police Department, as well as CMPD, have been notified and they're investigating the post. We will have additional officers on campus in the morning as well. Please share with your child that sharing a post of this nature has very serious consequences, and we appreciate any information about where this post originated. Please help staff by talking with your students about not reposting threats, but encourage them to share the posts with you and school staff. Thank you for your partnership and support. So that was the statement that went out. Um, well, I got it this morning at 8.20 a.m. And Ernest Winston, the superintendent, uh, when he spoke with WBT's Brett Jensen a couple of days ago, uh, he said that the reason for the, the weaponry, the reason for the violence, uh, it's all because of the virtual learning, which may come as a shock to Tamika Walker-Kelly, who is, or Kelly Walker, I always get that backwards. I apologize. I'm not trying to misname her, but uh, she's the head of the NCAE Teachers Union. Don't call it a union. Union. And uh, she says there's no such thing as learning loss. So maybe somebody should inform her if there isn't learning loss, it's quite possible there is some violence gain or weaponry gain. I'm not sure. Um, But the superintendent now says he's got some plans. And there was a meeting of people top People, top, to try to figure out what to do, what's going on because of the COVID pandemic, virtual learning, weaponry and violence related reactions of the youths. We'll get to that in a second. First, let me go over here to Joe. Hello, Joe. What's going on? Good afternoon. Hey, how's it going? And uh, doing fine. Uh, just calling about the CMS thing. It is really, really out of control. And I'll tell you what, uh, we moved into Gaston County uh, for one reason, to get away from CMS school systems because they were horrible. Uh, but now we have a real problem. And if this does not get fixed soon, you're going to have something very bad happen. And that- all that's going to be on the hands of all those people in control of this. And I do not know, in my, well, I can't understand why we can't get uh armed security officer at each school. I mean, there's got to be some kind of budget for this. And there's got to be a way to detect these guns before they're coming into school because well, what you have right now, you have the kids that are running the CMS school system. They are in control right now. And if this does not get fixed, it is going to be disastrous very soon. It does kind of seem like you're right that the kids are in charge. It does seem like that. Um, because you get a post, you know, you get a, a post on social right. media and they think it's funny. They go one place or the other. And until you have severe, severe sanctions for these kids who fight and bring guns to school, they should never be allowed back in school ever again. And anybody who posts anything like that should have some severe suspensions. I mean, something has to be done. And I think CMS is doing a horrible job and the Mr. Winston guy blaming it on COVID is full of it. That's not what it is. It's what it is. is They don't know how to fix it. So and I have a, they're doing a terrible job. A question for you, uh, yes, uh, Joe. It, if um, if you could have stayed in Mecklenburg County, you said you moved to get your kids out of CMS. If you could have stayed, so in Mec- uh, yeah. So if you could have if you could have stayed in Mecklenburg County. Uh, by sending your kids to a different school of your choice using, say, vouchers or something, like if that was a an option that uh, that that you could take advantage of, would you have stayed in Mecklenburg County? Probably not. Not to its fix. It's been a problem for a long time. Yeah, There's a lot of violence in every one of the schools, 
And what about the CMS uh, Police Department? Well, what are they doing? Where are they at? Yeah. Well, I mean, well, I'll get to that too because um, it, it raises another. That's a different question I want to uh, explore as well with you. But the the first thing that you had said was that you had moved out of the county because of the schools, and so I was just kind of curious if vouchers, if 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 a private school option or a different school option was available for you, would you have taken it? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, we had tried to get in some of the schools where you have to get in the lottery to get in, like gotcha. the. Uh, uh, the academy over there in Mountain Island area where you have to to be uh, you, you just can't go. You have to get on a, a lottery to get right. into school. Yeah, there's some kind of something like that, definitely. But just the general public school, not a chance. Right, but if someone said, here's tuition uh, or a voucher that you can then take to a private school of your choice, and there were a whole bunch of private schools that you could choose from, you would have taken that opportunity. And you oh, yeah, stayed. definitely, definitely, because I would feel a lot more safer than my yeah. for my 12-year-old going to uh, these schools. And now, you know, being in Gaston County, where she's at now for the last year, the pressure's off on her. Yeah. I mean, because, uh, you know, we allowed her to ride the bus. We had to take her off the bus. There was problems with the bus, uh, the people on the bus. I mean, just nonstop issues and it was just too much and uh on the police thing though you you realize though why there's uh this idea of putting more armed officers in the schools you know why that is a non-starter right i do not know no i do not know why you can't i know it's a budget issue pretty much but other than that i do not know why right well if i mean i don't believe it's a budget issue because the school has over it's a what a billion and a half dollar budget so i'm not buying that but um uh, I suspect it has. A, there's a very similar strain because I saw the re, I saw some of the hints of this last year. Um, well, I guess now a year and a half ago, actually, before the pandemic, which was the uh, the police officers trigger the students. It makes them feel unsafe. I, I'm not kidding. I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, I, I'm I, not I kidding. Maybe agree with that a little bit because of some of the bad rap police officers do get. Right. But uh, at, at this point, it's imperative that this gets done or there is going to be a mass shooting in CMS at some point. I, I really feel it's coming on. Yeah, uh, that is the fear. Joe, I appreciate the call, sir. Thank you. And look, I, I say that uh, about the, the, the kids getting, you know, triggered by, you know, these cops in the schools and stuff. And it sounds silly. It sounds ridiculous. But there's a story today out of... Uh, what was it, San Francisco, where the armed or uh, the police officers were refused service because the restaurant said you are causing a climate of fear when you come in in uniform with your gun uh, among the server, uh, uh, the server class, the server staff. That's the, the and they kicked these two cops out. They asked them to leave. So, like, it sounds ridiculous. And it is. But that's, I mean, that's part of the thing. They don't want more cops. This is the defund the police folks. You think that they want to put more cops on the job in the school system? Oh, heck no, they don't. In a letter to CMS families Friday afternoon, Charlotte Mecklenburg School Superintendent Ernest Winston says the district is taking an all-hands-on-deck approach to safety, including clear backpacks, which we're not going to get here until February. Because of the supply chain issues. Thanks a lot, Joe Biden. In a letter to CMS families Friday afternoon, Winston also said, quote, We are facing a crisis of student aggression and violence within our community and our schools. Guns do not belong in schools or in the hands of children. 
By the way, this is the same line he has been selling for several weeks. Well, the second part about the guns not belonging in schools or in the hands of children, which we all agree about that. But the first part there, we're facing a crisis of student aggression. So I guess that happened after he spoke to Brett Jensen. (laughs) Did that happen? It sounds like it might have happened afterwards. Like maybe he was at 17 guns in the school's. When he talked to Brett, and then, like, they found the 18th, and it was like, all right, now this is a crisis. This is too much. Two lockdowns at Harding after, you know, the interview, and that's it. Now it's a crisis of aggression and violence. Winston met with other high-ranking city and county officials, including Charlotte Mecklenburg Police Chief Johnny Jennings, Mecklenburg Sheriff Gary McFadden, and a representative for new U.S. Attorney Dina King. To discuss the growing crisis, Mecklenburg DA Spencer Merriweather III, who called the meeting. Oh, interesting. So the DA called the meeting, not the superintendent facing the crisis of student aggression and violence, but the DA called the meeting. Interesting. All right, back to uh, the phones here. This is Chris. Hello, Chris. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks a lot. Hey, what's up? Uh I, well, I, I'm glad to hear that about the clear backpack. That's why I was calling, because to hear him, the, the superintendent talk last week, he just kind of brushed it off. Yeah. Because of China. Why are we dependent on China? How many companies made <laughs> the sanitizer and the mask here in our country? Why are we putting that off? Why are we blaming China for that? That's a, yeah. Why, yeah. How is it that we cannot figure out a way to quickly manufacture clear backpacks for the uh, the crisis of student aggression and violence. Why and he is the school superintendent. Mm-hmm. Hello. Why can't we? What about the kids? Do we not have any kind of like plastic fabricators in any of these uh, in any of these high schools? Can we not get the, the shop kids to get to work on this? Or uh, I don't know, like a local manufacturing facility may do like an internship program, crank out a whole bunch of these bags. I mean, they, they don't have to be high-tech bags in the first run you know this is just you're going to be beta testing these things it's just give me just give me a clear sack you know just a clear pouch and just so i can see all of the guns and knives in your that you're bringing in that just illustrated to me his unwillingness to you know it is weird yeah chris because i detected the yeah thanks i appreciate the call i detected the same sort of well, it's either hesitancy on his part or it was resistance to the clear backpacks. It seemed like that. I, I don't think Chris was mistaken. I picked up on the same thing. Like, when these ideas were thrown out, they were kind of dismissed as, well, you know, what could we possibly do about this situation? Oh, China, uh, so mad at Chinese. Not in a, you know, anti Asian kind of a way. I mean, like not in a hate crime kind of way, just like angry at at the supply chain issues that, well, probably Donald Trump caused because we don't want to disparage Biden, right? So, or the Communist Party of China. So probably, oh, so mad at these boats off the coast that just won't pull into the ports where everybody is totally willing to work. All of our labor union friends. It's got to be really difficult to be a leftist nowadays. How do you keep this stuff straight? I can't. And and I follow it every day. (laughs) Oh, goodness. All right, let me go over here to Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Welcome to the show. 
Hey, Pete, thanks for taking my call. Certainly. Listen, <clears throat> every time you start talking, there's other stuff that I want to address. We, we have to have China make these bags because China has slave labor. So even if we put bags out for twenty dollars a piece, they're putting them out for five. Oh, we just print more money and pay the oh, markup. That's fine. That that that's how we do that. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. And, as, and as far as the shipping containers, Gavin Newsom outlawed owner operator truck drivers in yeah, yeah. California, which you will never hear on the mainstream media. Right. You will never hear that, and you haven't yet. Well, we don't need. That's the. But that's the thing. If we. If we here, here all right, uh, just spitballing here. And remember, there are no bad ideas under the cone of creativity. Um, I'm just spitballing these ideas, and I would say, how about rather than relying on the Chinese slave labor, maybe we take high school slave labor. We take the high school students. They're already look. They're already in our government education camps. How about we just make them make their own backpacks uh, with them? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's a great idea. Thank you. Which is which is one of the reasons I called, Pete. It's, what's going on here? Look, you're on Reddit, right? I try not to be, no. Okay. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> I've been seeing a trend recently, and, and this is getting common. You've probably seen this. Uh, it's getting to the point where we're, we'll, let's call them content creators, but really what we're talking about is kids. Kids in general. Mm-hmm. What they're doing is they are, it's becoming a trend, they're instigating fights. For all of these platforms, you'll, you'll hear them. And I'm sure a lot of these parents, when they see these videos, they hear kids yelling stuff like, World Star, and that kind of stuff. It's a famous um, website for violence. But it's not, just, it's not just sitting there anymore. Now they're doing them for subreddits, they're doing it for TikTok, right. and they're literally instigating these fights. They're doing it in schools, they're doing it uh, in public. Um, sometimes they're using, you know, sadly, like drug addicts to get them to go into shop owners and start fights. It's really gross. So now, what if if hopefully people and parents are listening to this amazing program, and and they should certainly follow at uh, Brett underscore Jensen um, to to get this kind of take. But what they need to do is get rid of the phones immediately. And I hate that because you know little L libertarian, they shouldn't tell people, oh, you can't have your phones. But this is what's fueling it. These kids are are starting brawls and then putting it online. They're trying to get clicks. Yeah, and, nah. and then after that. They have to ask what, if any, responsibility that these platforms have for encouraging and then posting this kind of stuff on the platform. Yeah, no, I got you, Ryan. I appreciate it. This is a question I always ask. Is the juice worth the squeeze? The phones. Giving your kids the phones. Is the juice worth the squeeze on that? Is it? I'm Look, I mean, I I see good and bad, but you got to make, you know, this this balancing act. And if your kid is using these phones for this stuff or the platforms are allowing kids to use... I mean, they're technically not even supposed to do that, but, right? If you're uh, too young, you're not supposed to be on a lot of these platforms. Anyway, uh, news is next.